Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Ron Jorlock, and I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today, I'm joined with Dr. Scott Pace. Now, Dr. Pace serves as the dean for the College of Southeastern. Uh, he's also the associate professor of pastoral ministry and preaching. Dr. Pace is a uh, is a friend. Uh, he's a he's a brother. And Dr. Pace, it is so great to see you here. I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to the conversation and really grateful for all that um, the Pastor Center is doing. Just privileged to have a name somewhat still associated with it, yeah. uh, with all you guys are doing. And so grateful for the pastors that this is uh, hopefully benefiting. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is actually a special time uh, in the calendar because Easter is just around the corner for us. And so I thought it would be good for us to uh, to have a discussion on preaching and pastoring with Easter in mind, uh, especially with the challenges that we've faced over the past year with the pandemic, uh, lockdowns and everything. Uh, you know, Easter's always been uh, uniquely special for pastors and, and for churches over the years. What makes this event such a climactic moment every year for you pastorally? Yeah, you know, it really uh, seems to be fitting that it falls at the end of March Madness the culmination of things it feels like christian playoffs right yeah. this is the championship weekend of <laughs> uh, the series that matters most and it's all because this is the culmination of who we are at the core of what we believe mm-hmm. uh, you know we talk about like first corinthians 15 and how paul says without the resurrection our faith is futile we're still in our sins all those things so naturally the resurrection has kind of uh, the central place in our in our beliefs and if this is the Sunday that we all recognize and set apart to celebrate that, uh, then it has to be special just by virtue of its place at the core of all that we are and what we do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's there's always this buzz mm-hmm. uh, that seems to come with, with Easter, just right. the excitement in the air. As Spring, we're, new life, yeah. it fits, right? Yeah. This is what re- resurrection is all about. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you've preached several times on Easter. Uh, what have you preached over the years? Yeah, it's been interesting, you know, uh, depending on the, the church I'm serving at. Um, I always want to key in on a resurrection passage, mm-hmm. typically. So sometimes I've, I've preached the entire chapter of Matthew 28. It tells the resurrection story, but culminates in then the commissioning of the disciples and not just leave the resurrection as the um, the, the end of the story, but how it kind of pushes us forward but there's also times i've spent uh leading up to the easter sunday culmination kind of the journey to jerusalem journey Mm -hmm. to the cross uh where you kind of involve some of the earlier passages there always seems to be a tension in the pastor's mind do i preach the cross on easter sunday Uh or do i preach the resurrection is it isaiah 53 is it you know matthew 28 a type of scenario um and there's some balance there i always tried to have um uh, palm sunday be more about the cross, mm-hmm. the garden. I've preached the garden mm-hmm. uh, series and, and Jesus's kind of uh, prayer, whether it's John 17, and then that culminates kind of in Resurrection Sunday. So it's as much about what leads up to the Easter Sunday as it is on Easter Sunday for those who have been coming. Mm-hmm. And then the ones who just show up on that Sunday, they're going to get the, the greatest, most glorious message of all, that Jesus has conquered the grave for our sins. And so um, I've used a variety of passages in that. 
Um, but those are some of the, the go-tos for me. Yeah, I you know? love it. I love it. I tell you, uh, over the years, it's been fun. Uh, looking at passages and and thinking through the resurrection, thinking through implications of the resurrection. Uh, uh, one of the things that, that I find as I go through the scriptures is, especially in the New Testament, just how much hangs on the resurrection of Christ. Oh, yeah. I got to say, so uh, my favorite passage of all preaching on Easter Sunday is probably, and you mentioned uh, kind of, man, it's just everywhere. But in that first Peter chapter one, mm, yeah, you know how he talks about that he's caused us to be born again to a living hope mm-hmm. through the resurrection. That that is what the Christian life is, and that's the the celebration. So first Peter one's probably a go to yeah. for me as well, and then first Corinthians fifteen. I've actually mm-hmm. taken a doctrinal approach before um, of defending the the historical reliability of the resurrection and then the faith implications. Just trying to be careful though that we don't get too heady. Uh, for those who don't have a lot of the theological conversations in mind yeah. uh, that may be coming on an Easter Sunday for the first time or maybe a rare occasion. They come on Christmas and Easter yeah. almost more of a as a holiday, more yeah. so than actually uh, for its real meaning and purpose. Sure. Well, let, let, let's lean into that for just a little bit because uh, you're right. There are folks that will come in uh, on Easter uh, maybe you know they've got family members who are members at the church, and uh, they're coming because you know mom dragged them in. <laughs> right. uh, you know they've got to wear that one suit. There was an excuse know. to buy a new outfit, or they've got to <laughs> exactly. eat dinner at grandma's house that week. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know pictures are after the service, and so you know I got to be nice, and uh, and so you have all of that, and and of course you're going to have some folks that are there uh, that are not believers. They mm-hmm. do not trust Christ. Uh, this may be the first time that they've been in church. This may be the first time that they've heard the gospel. How does that affect your your preparation? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would say it includes the not just the sermon, but some of the other conversations I'll have with staff mm-hmm. by way of minister of music, by way of welcoming, by way of um, you know kind of hosting and our guests and being mindful of that, as well as our church members opening up spots that we leave the front spots for those. Uh, who who might be coming in? They they have kind of a priority parking. I know mm-hmm. most churches typically have that now, but getting kind of all hands on deck, and then creating helping to facilitate this joyful celebration. Yeah. If there's one thing we should be known for as Christians, it is the new life in Christ we have, and the joy and hope that throughout the New Testament is characteristic of a believer that is epitomized in the resurrection. Yeah. So that should be Easter Sunday. So I'm thinking tone of the day, flavor of the day. A feel so the songs don't have a um, a, a dirge to them, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they don't seem heavy or dark. There is the celebration of our God has conquered the grave, uh, and that's what I want people to be exposed to and feel, especially if they rarely, if ever, come to church, because I do think it will be a contrast from what they typically experience in their workplace. Sadly, this is the commentary. As Christians, we walk around sometimes with a down-in-the-mouth attitude Mm -hmm. where we just want to find the negative in everything. Um, And this should be something that says, no, 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 Christians are known for hope and joy and life, and this is what it's all about. So I, I want to make sure that we put our best foot forward in every way to highlight and showcase that. That's great. That's great. You know, um, uh, there's a, there's a bit of a, of a discussion among pastors about Easter Mm. and about the Easter message. Uh, some will say, you know, well, it's Easter. Right. We, we've got to preach the resurrection on Easter. Sure. I right. mean, of all the Sundays. Right. <laughs> got to be that one. We've right. got to preach the resurrection on, on Easter. Do you agree with that? Does the Easter message have to be a resurrection message? 
I, I would say yes, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because even the people who aren't churchgoers expect that that's what they're going to hear on mm-hmm. Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think it's almost like when you go to take a, a swallow of, oh, pick a drink, if it's sweet tea that you're, you think is in the cup and you take a sip and it's unsweet, you may like unsweet tea, but you're, you're, you're going to have a, um, I don't know, a sour taste, sure. uh, to use a little pun there, mm-hmm. uh, in your mouth because it's like that's not what I was expecting. Uh, so for them, I think it's what they're expecting. I think our church family needs to see that. Now, the pushback would be every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Mm-hmm. Every day. This is why we meet on the first day of the week because we're celebrating the resurrection I think that's more of a commentary on the other 51 Sundays, if uh-huh. we have it that way, 50. Um, but it shouldn't change the conversation for what that Sunday looks like. In my opinion, That I would say, man, you can't miss the resurrection. And again, it's the culmination of our faith and everything we believe. Yeah, so so what about those other Sundays? So I, I know we uh, both are, are here on the preaching faculty right. at Southeastern, and both of us emphasize, as, as does the rest of the preaching faculty, that, that every week we're preaching Christ, yeah. and every week we're preaching the gospel. Uh, does that mean, then, uh, that every Sunday we should be preaching the resurrection? Yeah. Uh, wherever we are in the scriptures, we're, we're exalting the risen Christ. You know, it's a, it's a, um, a real important conversation because there are times where uh, Paul, for instance, we'll just use uh, terminology in the New Testament, seemed to say, like, I was preaching the cross. The mm-hmm. word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved is the power of God. And it seems to be focused on the cross, and you don't see mention of the resurrection. Now, interestingly mm-hmm. enough, that's in 1 Corinthians, where then he ends in, 15, in chapter 15, chapter 15 right. uh, comes to that ending and conclusion where he's saying, without the resurrection, none of it matters. So I wouldn't say that it's void or not there, uh, but I do think we run the risk of sometimes being guilty of leaving Jesus on the cross and mm-hmm. leaving people uh, kind of living in that the death rather than the life, which mm-hmm. comes through the resurrection. So I would say that there's always the culmination of the resurrection that should be included with that Christ-centered focus. I think if you look kind of at a whether it's the biblical theology, meta-narrative, all of Scripture, right, that there's the... Uh, creation, fall, redemption, consummation, that on a micro level, that consummation is the resurrection. On the macro level, it's the new resurrection, the new creation, new heaven, new earth. Uh, But the resurrection should always be a part of that. How that blends in is the same question we're asking about how every uh, text should be Christ-centered. I think we have to uh, really hermeneutically push there and and, and strive to understand uh, more about how this passage finds its fulfillment in the Christ of the scriptures. Because if we uh, also look at, for instance, the Emmaus Road, right? Mm -hmm. Luke 24, how Jesus goes back and points to all the scriptures were pointed to him. He began to show them from Moses and the prophets how all these things were about him. That's post-resurrection. And he's showing them how it's fulfilled, not just through his life and death, but his burial and resurrection. Yeah. Um, So I, I think it has to include that. Yeah, yeah, and we and we probably neglect that more times than we would care to admit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about uh, it, it, well, just that passage in Luke twenty four, uh, and and not only there, but Luke carries it on into uh, the book of Acts as right. well. It seems clear in there that Jesus's resurrection sermon, right, <laughs> at right, least right. what he said to uh, uh, to the the uh, Cleopas and his friend there on Emmaus uh, on the road to Emmaus. But then also the message from the apostles. You see Peter preaching this. Paul preaches this regularly uh, through the book of Acts. 
that the Messiah had to suffer first. Right. And then enter into his glory. Right. And and you're right. I think that uh, I, I love how you said it, that we we kind of we kind of preach like Jesus is still on the cross. Right. You know, and it's like, well, there's the suffering part. And we love that part, yeah. you know, because there's so uh, much significance to the death uh, and, and the atonement right. of Christ. But but we also have to remember, if I could go back to you know old days right. and and uh, uh, growing up in in a, in a predominantly black church, and you'd hear the the pastor preach, and he would talk about the cross and talk about the grave, and then of course you know, but early <laughs> Sunday morning, <laughs> right. you know, right? yeah. he rose with all power in his hands. There you, know, you go. And, and there's just something about that 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 pivot. Mm. You know, uh, we we talk about the cross, we talk about his death, we talk about his burial. But that's not the rest. That, that's not the end of the that's story. That's not the full story. Yeah, we got to get the whole story. Well, in you think about Romans eight, where most Christians want to live with the truth of the gospel mm-hmm. that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But what he goes on to explain, right, is that what uh, we could not do on our own, what the law could not do, God did through the Spirit, which then down into verse ten, eleven raised Christ from the dead that now lives in us. Yeah. So even the power to live in victor- victory mm-hmm. in the Christian life, the victorious Christian life, uh, comes from the spirit of the resurrection, yeah. right? And that resurrection power. And uh, I, I think that's some of the joy that I, I hope, I don't know about you, but I've, I feel like we've seen by way of just trend in some of our worship Mm-hmm. That there is that climactic, celebratory, yeah. uh, concluding verse that leads us to uh, the the conquering of the grave and uh, the celebration of the resurrection, and on that third day, and that's where we need to be living. And so, I do think we do a disservice sometimes when we uh, preach the gospel as though there is no resurrection. Yeah, um, you know what a sad commentary, and and maybe a tragic oversight uh, on a lot of our parts is is preaching. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, my name is Sam Morris. I am the Director of Admissions here at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. I want to personally invite you to come to the Seminary Preview Day on Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. This is a day where we will serve you to try to find out whether or not Southeastern is the place God is calling you to be equipped for the Great Commission. The cost of the day is minimal at $20 per person, uh, but you will be able to have multiple meals with faculty and staff as well as Uh, Meet the various offices on campus who will be serving you during your time here as a student. Please register today by visiting sebts.edu and going to the Visit Us page. So this year is is a little bit different. Mm. Uh, Last year... Easter was rough, right? I mean, we were right in the throes of a of a lockdown, right in the throes of the of the pandemic, really in the in the beginning weeks mm-hmm. of, of of all of that. Uh, this year's a little bit different. Uh, churches are open. Uh, we've got folks who are gathering together, uh, but we're not out of the woods yet. Sure. Uh, even with vaccinations going sure. around and everything, we're still not out of the woods. So, so for a pastor, what are some ways that that he can ensure safe gatherings? Uh, first off, and then also, 
how do these things like social distancing and perhaps for some uh, uh, adding additional services yep. and, yeah. and live streaming and all that, how does that change the dynamic of the day? You know, it's interesting. I think, uh, I think we have to think creatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we want to be sensitive to all the dynamics. And I know uh, conversations you've had, conversations I've had, a lot of times pastors are really feeling the crunch, the tension mm-hmm. from church members who have different varying opinions uh, on the level of protocols they need to follow and need to succumb to, especially on, man, again, game day, right? Championship yeah. playoff series, this is it yeah. uh, for us. And I think we're going to be pushed there. Let me say a couple things. Uh, one, I remember I was doing an interim last year at this season, this time, and it was. Man, all online, we're only a few weeks into this, and it was so hard and almost depressing mm that we could not gather for Easter. Mm -hmm. That needs to be somewhat of an impetus for how we approach this year. Mm. That uh, our people are ready, uh, eager, uh, we want to celebrate and we have permission to do so, okay, but if we have to modify things, how do we do it? Yeah. So I think we need to come in with the, the enthusiasm of, man, this is, we're going to make up for lost time, right? We're going to do two celebrations to one. I love it. Uh, you mentioned some of the multiplying of services or adding of services. You know, uh, I, for years, I remember uh, even growing up and, and serving in pastoral ministry, where Easter Sunday might be the only day we had multiple services. Because we just knew we're going to have a larger uh, crowd than expected, and so we're going to multiply services. Uh, we did historically, and I've led these for a number of years, um, you know, sunrise services. Mm-hmm. Incorporating those as part of the sequence of options uh, to where if you can't come for all of these or maybe you only come for one of these, maybe a sunrise uh, service is an option as well as maybe an afternoon or evening service. Uh, on Sunday afternoon or evening. So I think that multiplying services is definitely uh, a way to do it. I do think there has to be balance um, with protocols if there's still spatial distance, social distance uh, necessary that that you have to follow. I think another struggle we're going to have is, man, oftentimes there's a big harvest on Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. We're preaching the gospel. How do you facilitate invitations Uh, now with COVID going on? We've been doing that, but even more so on Easter Sunday. So some churches have just kind of said, let us know if we can follow up, taking a more passive approach. Is there things we can do to make it more uh, of an active approach on our part, um, proactive approach, kind of trying to, to minister to folks who, man, all of a sudden the spirit moves and, and they're, they're God, God's leading them to a point of crisis of faith and, and decision. Um, how do we facilitate those? I would say that uh, everything ought to be considered, whether it's pulling people into a separate room, mm-hmm. uh, video casting, things some churches are already doing, simulcasting on their campus, multiplying services. I think you have to do all of that. Um, depending on the weather, you know, there was a trend early on in the pandemic. Hey, let's meet outside. Yeah. And uh, that was a real struggle. Of course, we've come out of the winter months where it's been colder. The weather's been less predictable in the spring. Lots of rain this season. Maybe there's some things we can do to say, let's meet Outside, What better thing to do mm-hmm. on Resurrection Sunday than enjoy the spring weather? And if you can do that, maybe that allows for a, a bigger gathering uh, and to facilitate some of those types of things. Those are just some thoughts I have, but, um, man, it's an open conversation and probably depends a lot on your context. Yeah, I tell you, as much as I love uh, the sound of everyone in the, in the sanctuary, 
you know, just singing to the top of their lungs, mm-hmm. you know, Christ the Lord right. is risen today, right. or up from the grave right. he arose, yeah. you know, or Come because on, he lives, yeah. I can face tomorrow. I mean, whatever the songs may be, uh, uh, how cool it would be driving down the road. And just hearing congregation after congregation after congregation outside, oh man, just proclaiming the the praises of God, so that the whole world hears. Oh right? my oh, goodness, celebrating the praises of you. No, I, I I would probably say if it's possible. Now we're not looking at outdoor as something that we've been forced to consider because of COVID regulations, but that outdoor might be something we would consider as more than appropriate. Yeah, uh, a lot of times sunrise services are held that way. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we do Sunday morning services that way as well? Yeah, yeah, you know? th- those are very helpful insights. Very helpful insights. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about this this time. So we've got the health crisis, you know, going on. We've got social crises, uh, seemingly myriad upon mm. myriad of of social issues that are going on right now. How does the resurrection and, and preaching the resurrection fit in this particular moment, right yeah. here, this time, sure. you know, in our culture? Man, more than anything, the, the resurrection is a message of hope. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that our culture and our world needs right now, it's hope. Hope that is, uh, as the author of Hebrews calls it, the anchor for our soul. Hope that, according to Paul in Romans 5 says, does not disappoint. Uh, that our the God of all hope can fill us with joy and peace as we trust in Him, so that we can overflow with the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the message of the resurrection. So I think, above all, and maybe is kind of the underlying foundation and the overarching principle, uh, we have the message of hope, and people right now are desperate for hope. Uh, there's other elements of it that I think, um, with new life and the promise of the afterlife, that is as like Paul would say in First Corinthians four. Those who grieve, but not as those who grieve without hope, because mm-hmm. the pandemic has required uh, sacrifice and even uh, resulted in the loss of life, loved ones. And this may be the first Easter season, quite honestly, since uh, their loved one passed away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm like you, by way of pastoral matters, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm always concerned whether it's on Mother's Day, Father's Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, uh, as much as that's a time of celebration with family. It's also a time where people miss their family that they've yeah. lost in the in the in that year or in recent years, mm-hmm. and I think you have to be mindful of that. And the resurrection gives us the greatest chance to celebrate their life and the assurance we have that we will one day see those loved ones who have trusted in Christ again. So I think the resurrection can inform all of those conversations and can be a helpful uh, part of what our culture and our church needs right now. Mm. I tell you, I. My soul longs for mm. uh, for that, you know, to to hear the gospel, uh, to to be reminded once again in the company of the redeemed, mm. you know, that Christ our Lord is risen, that death will not prevail. That's right. Uh, that the gates of hell will not prevail. Right. Uh, that that you know, in the end, Christ will indeed have the final word. The victory has been secured. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. People need the. Um, 
the, a victorious celebration. Yeah. And this is uh, the Easter season is prime for that. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I tell you, we've talked about the resurrection of Christ and uh, today, and I have just been so encouraged, and, and I hope that you listening have been encouraged as well. Uh, if it was encouraging and helpful in any way, please consider uh, leaving a review for us uh, wherever uh, you are uh, listening to this podcast. Uh, we'd love your feedback. And as always, thanks for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. It's our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope that we've done that with today's conversation. And as always, my brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.